I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Layman's Term Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Hey! Hey, how's it going? Welcome uh, welcome to the show. Uh, We got our little bobblehead Jesus here. And uh, we're gonna start the start the timer. Sands of time, baby. Sands of time, so we know we know what's going on. So hey, so uh, we thought it'd be fun to kind of look at the story of of Moses and Exodus, and um, kind of through the prism of uh, great great story, right? Many movies about Moses, um, and so we kind of want to look at it. Every great story has you know heroes and and villains and. And victims, and so today we kind of want to look at the um, the hero portion of it. Moses, uh, you know, f- you know, very complicated story. Uh, long story short, comes back to his people um, and and helps uh, uh, free them from from slavery, from captivity. So he's kind of seen as the the hero of the story. Um, so you know, a hero is really. A character that faces their challenges and then and then kind of transforms mm-hmm. through the process um, overcomes overcomes so uh, so who is one of your heroes in your your life present past okay oh, it's like real real, real life heroes, hero right? real life hero real life heroes um, man when I was a little kid you know uh my grandpa could do everything mm. you know yeah total hero and uh follow that guy everywhere yeah you know do whatever he said just you know full utter tr- like going after the hero um my i have a you know this i recognize some of that um that grandparent like trust the grandchild you know has with that grandparent just that uh, looking up to him just um gods amongst men sort of thing and uh a funny story was one time i was with my nephew so i didn't have kids yet i have my nephew and i was with my dad so this is this is uh grandfather grandson you know relationship happening here and i'm just i'm just present right sure and uh i don't know kids probably two and a half three you know he's he's walking really well and all that but still just you know this cute little innocent thing and um my dad asked me, he goes, do you want a juice box? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad takes the juice box, gets a straw out, slides it down in it, hands it down to him. You can see the visual, right? Hands yeah, it down yeah. to him, you know, with the straw, you know, right yeah, at him. Yeah. Just great grandfather yeah. moment, right? Yeah. He goes, here you go. Squeeze real tight. <laughs> Squoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, power, just power washed his face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of the little, you know, the little awe, awe trust I had. Um with my grandfather when I was a kid, um, you know, there were, uh, in my little bitty hometown, there were, you know, um, we went to this little bitty school, mm-hmm. um, uh, kindergarten through seniors in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. All together in the school, right? Um, and I remember, like, having heroes that were, like, like upperclassmen. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like working in the... 
It'd be like being an intern in the front office at, at Arrowhead. Sure. And like you're, you know, you're clicking away on some scheduling as Patrick Mahomes walks in, right? Like and that, he goes, hey, Mitch, what's up? Yeah, and you're you like, know. bro knows my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like walking to art class with yeah. your fellow kindergartners. And there goes the, you know, the guys you saw on the football field Friday night. Yeah, that's cool. So, so yeah, I had lots of little, like, little fun hometown, small, quaint like real life, real life heroes. But you're you, Keith. You're from the city. I'm the big city of so, Lee Summit. Yeah. Um, life was more real for you. Well, you know. So I, I, I always think back, and I had I had one really big hero growing up that, um, that I still talk about today. So if anybody ever asks me, like, hey, who's somebody you look up to? Hey, who's your hero? Um, and I hate, I hate, I hate. In part that it's a sports hero, yeah. Um, but it's not really what. It's, so it's Arthur Ashe, okay, tennis player. Yep. Um, and it's not really, it's not really the fact of what he accomplished. It's how he how he did it. So one of the one of the first black tennis players, um, and a lot of the lines judge judges and in, in in umpires were, uh, you know, racist. And so like a ball. You know, he'd hit a ball and it would be clearly in, but they would call it out, mm. right? Because they didn't want him to win. And then vice versa, you know, a, a, his opponent would hit it, it'd be clearly out, but they wouldn't call it out, right? So here you got this guy who um, loves the sport, is great at it, and he has to play in a smaller court and then in a bigger court for himself, right? And not once did he complain, you know? Not once did he like, at least that I know of. I mean, this could all be wrong, and somebody can crush my 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 hero dreams. But um, you know, I, I watched a lot of film and stuff of him, and he he never like, you know, argued. Yeah. You know, like Andre Agassi did. You know, and 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 argued the situation. He just he just uh, overcame, right? Like he just persevered. He just persevered, kept playing, and and would win. And I I just think that's so. Uh, it's so admirable, right? Um, and it was really cool when I was in college, I got to meet a guy uh, who knew Arthur Ashe and because he he dated Arthur Ashe's daughter or niece, I can't remember. Um, and so he kind of knew him and said he was a great guy, like a really just you know out of the spotlight and everything was just just a normal down to earth kind of kind of guy. So. I mean, I loved it. I loved, I love the story. I wish I could be like that, you know, but uh, I'm too loud. So, but you yeah, know, that's true. You know, that's true. I'm very, I'm very loud, and I don't think, I don't think that I could do that, you know. Uh, and so that's what I kind of, um, you know, really look at and kind of aspire to. Well, I think a lot of times, you, you know, you've, you said you, oh, I feel bad that my heroes were, I, I had these sports heroes, mm -hmm. but. It's kind of that gladiatorial stage of our time that puts people on this um, in situations to publicly perform larger than life. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It, it, you're. I just dislike. I just dislike how some people will look at a sports person and and kind of see them as a hero or idolize them or whatever, uh, and they're really not a great person in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what that what kind of bothers me a little bit with it is that, you know, for for you to really look up to somebody, I think there needs to be a reason beyond. I can throw a ball well. I can hit a ball well. I can catch a ball well. Of course. Well, you know what I mean. I think I think that's what I struggle with just personally with it. 
Well, and I want to give a little grace to it and bring it back to, to Scripture, and we're talking about Moses. Yeah. Right? And, you know, Moses has this has this heroic story, but um, amongst amongst the Hebrew people, right? He, well, he lived this, grew up with this life of luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then he he kills, murders an Egyptian, mm-hmm. right? Well, that Egyptian probably had a family. Pro- like, he's a villain. Yeah, he's a villain of somebody's yeah. story. Right, right. Um, you know, think about Pharaoh's daughter who like raised him and and loved him. like. And he's turned against, completely turned yeah. against her and her household. Yeah, right. Like, think of the villainous story from that perspective. Yeah, from the Egyptian perspective. Right, right. He's not a hero. He's a villain. Super villain. A super villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I think that, and and we can we'll talk more next week about about villains. Um, you're right. I think I think the difference is. Um, and with the story of Moses is that he was kind of on this this villainous path, right? And then he and then he he transforms and becomes the hero of the story. Uh, and I think that that's what's that's what great that that redemptive quality is what we look for in a in a in a true hero, right? And I don't without the redemption, I don't think you can really have. I don't think you can call somebody a hero that way, right? And so, uh, I mean, and maybe my hero, maybe my, you know, Arthur Ashe, he overcame obstacles, um, but I mean, he may not have transformed, really. That may have just been who he was, right, as a, as a person. So, anyway, I just I thought that was cool. Um so, but you you did you did you did start on something I think we should we should talk about a little bit more with the story of Moses is that so he was born um a, a part of the Hebrew people, right? And there was um there was kind of the 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 king there was a law that you know kill all the Hebrew boys. Yeah, we have, over, women, we have an overpopulation we have, thing. We have an overpopulation thing, and last thing you want is a bunch of uh, to get outnumbered by your right. You by, get outnumbered by, by the slave yeah. population, right? Oh my! Um, so you know, kill Hebrew boys, keep keep the girls, right? And so uh, Moses's mom uh, tries to save his life by putting him in a bassinet in the in the river. Uh, to I don't know. Hope, uh, I guess hoping hoping that the river would take him downstream and and uh, which, somebody would find him and and raise him which right ge- geographically was north <laughs> was up. We're talking yeah. about the Nile yeah man. denial she <laughs> was not in denial um, and then and then so the the Egyptian the Pharaoh's daughter right daughter yeah finds Moses and and you know. Basically says, you know, I'll I'll raise him. You know, there's maybe I'll raise him. You know, there was a little bit of time there where, you know, um, she came back to the the Hebrew people to, you know, kind of get a little older. You know, because he's a baby, he still needed milk and all that kind of stuff. And then, so he was he was born Hebrew, raised Egyptian, and then when he got older, he was there and and watching the, you know, the 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 slaves. And there was this Egyptian guy who was beaten up on a slave and he kills him yep. right so um 
and then he run he basically runs away because he finds out people found out about it. Right. So he 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 runs away. Um, man, man without a country. Man without a country. Right. Um, so this is an interesting. This is an interesting question. Right. And, and, and granted, we have the luxury of knowing the the rest of the story, but what would you do in that situation, right? Would you – so you, you're born one thing. You're raised another thing. You, you have this horrible – you do this horrible deed. Regardless of who you murdered, you murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? Do you run away? Do you, do you face, you know, kind of face the consequences of it? You know, like, um, so, you know, the real, you know, the real question is, is it, did, did Moses do the right thing in the time, right? Was well, running uh, away the right thing? The, I, well, it was providential, mm-hmm. um, part of the plan, whether Moses knew it or not. He was, I'm going to say, um, probably had an overwhelming, compelling sensation to uh, flee the situation. Um, and um, do I think Moses was justified in it? Yeah. Um, I think justified in... Uh, defending the defenseless um now yeah i mean that's 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 a tough i mean that's a tough spot though right because of course you know do you do you instead of you know because obviously murdering somebody i think there's a, a bit of passion involved right like you can't you can't just halfway do it see a problem and be like mm, i think the solution's killing this person and not be not be disconnected from emotion about it, right? Um, and so probably I would think that he's he's seeing this juxtaposition of he knows he's born and should be with these people, but he has privilege, right? And the you know he's seeing his his people that he belongs to, his family in a way, um, being hurt, and so that's that's got to be emotional for him, right? Uh, but do you do you take the alternative route of trying to work within your within your privilege to change the the situation? Right, go to the go to the pharaoh. Hey, you you should really let these these slaves go. Blah blah blah. Right, and we you know we kind of know the rest of the story, but you know I think I think the passion was there, and so I don't I don't I'm not sure that. It, I would say he was justified in what he did. No, I think uh, Moses, I think um, God chose Moses to deliver his people. And regardless of the choose your own adventure decisions Moses makes <laughs> along the way, yeah, God was going to use Moses to deliver the people. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of an interesting, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to think that it was, you know, God's plan that somebody kills somebody. Right. So you got to think that's not within God's plan. And so then God had to work a different Avenue to get the mm-hmm. result that, that, you know, he wanted. Yeah. Right? And that comes right back to like, what I was saying is yeah. like, he was a villain. He was somebody's villain. 
Yeah. We see him as a Probably hero. A lot of people. Yeah, we <laughs> so see him as a hero. But um, I think that's that should be a sobering thought to all of us that no matter, and we've talked about this so many times, right? Mm-hmm. Our narrative, our own personal narrative. Yes. We, we, we craft this narrative for ourselves to have a positive disposition of our own thoughts, actions, um, and qualities. Mm-hmm. And um, we rose color glasses ourselves all the time. And then we tell and we repeat this narrative yeah. that reinforces mm-hmm. our positive self image and make ourselves um, either a hero or a victim or mm-hmm. a guide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teaser, we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But very rarely do we tell a self narrative that villainizes yeah, ourselves. Yeah, right? Right. I think that's the one that. That's the one that I think we I'm start saying, to. I'm not but saying then we, it doesn't I think, happen. No, I, I think I think what sometimes we start to go down that villainous path, but then we turn ourselves into the victim really quick, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I only did this because right. And I then, was victimized, and then once in we get, way. then once our narrative leads us into the victim realm, that's an easier path of transformation to be a hero. Yeah, I think that um, what's interesting is, and this this might be slightly slightly off topic but but it, it kind of it kind of works um you know i i uh i worked in retail for a long time and um in in retail you deal with a lot of theft right you deal with internal theft employees stealing you deal with external theft cost you know well, no, they're not really customers so they didn't buy anything but um people coming in externally and stealing and what's interesting is when you have conversations with people and they're being honest with you, right? So you, you you get an employee that's potentially been stealing from you for a while. You got the evidence kind of laid out. And you're having that conversation with, like, dude, what were you thinking? You know, it always, it always, 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 always is because they feel victimized in some way. And they feel like they deserve more than what they're getting, like paycheck-wise or whatever, mm. right? That, you know, that it started off with, you know, well, I, you know, I... I just feel like I do all this work, and it's almost always a really good employee too, right? I do all this work. I just don't feel like I'm rewarded enough, and so you know, I you know I took this, mm-hmm. and and then the the thing the funny thing is it becomes so the they always say the same thing the the first time you almost never catch somebody stealing the first time, right? Because you know, they're very careful. They're, you know, they, they do something. There's an opportune moment or whatever. You always catch them later down the road because once they get away with it a few times, it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier. And then they, you know, kind of habitually um, form, they, they mess up cause they're not as, you know, whatever. Um, and so that's kind of the, the, the example I would use of this victimhood, um, perspective that we can get in. Right. So, we, maybe we don't. Maybe we start to see ourselves doing something wrong, mentally, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we're mm-hmm. we're mad about something or whatever. You know, I'm gonna do. You know, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do the dishes I'm gonna angrily. Do this. Yeah, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I'm gonna do the dishes so angry right now. So angry. And then and then it's, you know, you you you, you gently turn yourself into the victim, but then it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier and easier and easier and easier. That you just then end up being the victim. Everything's everything's against you, 
right? The whole world's against you because you've been whatever your entire life, right? Beat up, bullied, picked on, whatever, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, so, yeah, I think, but I, and I think when you're in that position, it's so hard to transform and to become that hero, right? Like, and I, so I think that that's really the hard part. So I'd ask you, you know, think of what's a really transformational moment in your life where you were able to get out of, say, one of those spirals and really transform and become the hero, even though we don't like to think of ourselves as hero, but really how do you get out of that victimhood, a time in your life that you got out of that, that funk and you, and you persevered? Well, I think it, um, as I'm trying to like identify the, do you have anything in mind? Well, I mean, the, the, the obvious, the obvious, uh, uh, analogy is you played sports. I played sports. I played, I played tennis. And sometimes you get in that, you get in that funk on the court or on the field, right? Where nothing's going right. Nothing's going right. Nothing's going right. And that can easily turn into you just blowing the whole game because you're, you know, I'm not hitting this ball right. And then you just keep not hitting it right. And you gotta, you gotta transform a little bit there. That's the easiest example. Yeah. Right. So I think in searching, in searching for a, 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 a deeper, more relevant example, uh, kind of the on the spot thought process I'm going through is I think that transformation um, includes includes relationship and and mm. selflessness. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it'd be looking at when was a time you put the the needs of others or mm -hmm. the justice of others or the safety and security of others ahead of your own. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's almost um, a heroic definition. Yeah, no, I would, I would probably agree. I think, I think maybe um, if I had to think about it. Uh, so my wife and I were, we dated for like, four years, five years or something, right, before I proposed. And, um, you know, <laughs> newsflash, and, I, and, I, and I've told her this, and hopefully um, she doesn't listen to this or, has, or remembers, but, you know, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure, right? Like, I wasn't, like, 100% like, like, oh, I'm, I'm madly in love, because it, it wouldn't have taken me five years to propose, right? Um, and, and something happened along the way, and... and um, and actually, the, so what what happened really was that uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to, you know, it, I, it was great. It was a great relationship. Everything was going well. But I was like, I don't know if I want to spend 40 years, 50 years, 60 more years of my life with, with this person, right? And um, so I used to have these, I used to have these crazy dreams where you ever have one of those dreams where like something's falling out of the sky, like an airplane or a meteor or something, and you try to run away from it, but all of a sudden like you can't run mm. anymore and you're like, ah, you know, you're trying to run. Well, I used to have these crazy dreams where, where stuff like that would happen, right? And I would wake up and I'd be so terrified, you know, like, I mean, I would wake up panicked because, you, you know, it's hard to, you know. You know you're anyway. disoriented. Yeah, you're disoriented. So I remember I had this dream that I was on a tennis court playing tennis and a plane was falling out of the sky. And it was the first time I didn't try to run in my dream. And I just, I just looked at it and I just had this thought of like, 
if, if this is it, this is it, right? Like if this plane lands on me, I'm, I'm happy in my life. Like, you know, I, I don't need to run. And I woke up and I looked over and immediately when I looked up or woke up, I was looking at Shauna, my wife, and I wasn't scared. I like I wasn't scared of the dream. You weren't, yeah. And I realized my life was exactly where I wanted to be, you know. And then so yeah, man, I the the that same day went and bought a ring and proposed to her and told this story, by the way, and started crying uncontrollably mm-hmm. during it so much that um I was like I was like, I had her sitting down and, you know, I was going to get on one knee. And, and so I'm telling this story and I can't, I can't control. I can't, I just start sobbing. Right. And, and she's like, she's like, no, come here, come here, sit down, sit down. And I'm like, no, no, no. And she like makes me sit on her lap and she's like, don't worry. We'll get you some help, man. We'll get you some help. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then I just like, just to get her to shut up, I had to pull the ring out of my pocket and just handed it to her. And, uh, and she was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, she was like. Well, did not make any sense to her. And so we still laugh about that today. I want to hear the story from her perspective. <laughs> I want to hear. She thought I was going crazy. I want to hear Shauna tell that story. She thought, well, I mean, you know, it's like, she thought I was going crazy because it only got as far as like, you know, a plane smashing me on a tennis court. So anyway, so I, I think that's kind of a, if you want to look at a real transformational moment. Well, you said in my something life. there. You said something there when you're talking um, dream state, uh, uh, this fear, you know, the, uh, By the way, I've never, I've never been scared of a dream since. Congratulations! Just saying. Um, transformational. Yeah, transformational. Um, you know, I, I was just um, scripture just like kind of popped out here. Um, had the Bible open to our verse, and uh, you're telling your story, and I just, I'd look down, and it just the you know how quotations pop out of. Mm-hmm. The quotation marks seem to pop off the page to me. And I don't okay. know whether that does for everybody, but I think I'm a relational person. So dialogue, mm-hmm. um, dialogue to me, it just kind of pops off the page. But anyway, Moses, this, just the quotations here, um, this is after Moses kills the Egyptian, but it just says, uh, Moses was afraid, thinking, quotations, everyone knows what I did. Mm. Yeah. Right? And going back to, um, I think, so many times in that transformative, heroic stories of life is this, is this, is this owning, right? Owning that past, owning our sinful nature, owning our, um, failures mm. and and then going back to to be go back to be better than um what we were before and you know Moses runs away right because of this thought everyone knows what I did yeah I need to get somewhere where people don't know people don't right it's like the opposite of cheers where everybody knows my name yeah where no one knows my no name. one knows my name I'm running away yeah man think about you don't have to answer this question all right nor do the listeners but think about and I'm sure it pops right into your head that one thing or or maybe more that if 
everyone found out about about you, you would be so afraid like Moses, you would want to run away. Run away, man. Crazy, huh? And so the point is, like the story of Moses, is how do you how do you work through your own redemption? Right? How do you work through your own transformation and not forget about what you have done in the past? Right? That mm-hmm. that. But how do you, you know, not to sound cliche, become a better person than that? Like. Not well, grow, do it again, well, right? Growing, growing into... Grow into who God wants you to be. Right. God had a plan for Moses. God had a redemptive plan for Moses. Um, God's plan for Moses saved countless lives. Like, God's plan for Moses set up the the salvation of the, of the, of the Hebrew people, which led to, you know world history as we know it and um we get jesus we get salvation the human race and the um like god has a plan for everyone's life yeah and living into that plan um you know requires us to not run away mm-hmm. from those fears or those um that past or um, own it, use it, um, look for God's providence in your story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. I think that's um, the time that we have for today too. And I, and I, I, I think that's a really great um, thought to, to leave on. So join us next week where we kind of continue this conversation around Moses and, and his transformation. And we look at, um, so we talked about heroes. Next week we'll talk about some villains. Um, so I want everybody to start thinking about this is the tough one, I think, because how and I was talking to I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. Uh, and you kind of kind of talked about it earlier. Is a villain to you may not be a villain to yeah. someone else. It may be a hero. Yeah. Right. So how do you come up with an example? And I don't say anything. What you think about an example of of a universal villain. Universal That's villain. nonfiction. Oof. All right? I don't know. Because you, you're like Cruella de Vil, right? Fictional character, 101 yeah, Dalmatians. Yeah, but no, no, no. They remade the, they remade, like there's an updated version with yeah, like I'm a backstory. I'm talking the old school. You know, have you seen Wicked? Wicked. Like, mm-hmm. The, you know, the whole. Wicked Witch. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the whole story, Alphaba, the great musical, right? Like, um, anyway. So, uh, Ursula in The Little Mermaid, you know, the little octopus lady. But you're looking for a I'm universal. I'm looking for a universal, nonfiction. Real villain. Real villain in the world that everybody would look at and be like, that's that's a villain. Until I next week. I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I know. Do you have one in mind? I do. I really? Do. Oh, yeah. I got a good one. Okay. Can we get sued? Uh, hopefully not. All right. Oh, hey, look, sands of time have ran out. Moving on. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Have a great time.